0: Today on the show, Chant You Can Learn, Devotion to St. Joseph in the month of March, Taking the Patience to Pray, Our Picks of the Week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Oh, yes, indeed. It is a time for the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 418, I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got all of them, all of our special <laughs> guests from far and wide. We uh-huh. have Kathleen Lee. I'm this... not. Well, I'm not from far and wide. No, you were from near. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Okay. So near, near and, near and far. I gotta be wide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kathleen, how I've missed you in the five and some odd days that we haven't seen each other. Also joining us, uh, Gemma Wildsmith. You yes. might remember her.
1: Oh Jeez. yeah, it's been a while, it's but I'm true. glad to
0: be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you back uh, in the United States and certainly at the CU desk. Thank you. You know, Gemma, we've just appointed you. You are our UK correspondent. Brilliant. Catholic underground.
1: I'm. That. Yeah. You're,
0: you're okay with that. I'm yeah. definitely okay with that. Awesome. Very good. Uh, let's go up to the Jeff Star One near Earth orbit satellite, shall we? And uh, and find Jeff. Uh, Jeff uh, is he's up there. Uh, yes, hey Jeff,
2: I am I am the far and the wide. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, all right. And uh, and Jamie Cherry, uh, who you also know as a friend of the Catholic Underground, she's sitting in the studio audience and she is in the chat room. So if uh, if you're watching us live, you can uh, you can visit with Jamie. She uh, she didn't want to be on the microphone. <laughs> she, she's laughing at us now, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know, uh, Kathleen, how yep. much you have experienced Gregorian chant in your life.
3: I have. Um, I love it. I don't, you, I don't listen to it all the time, but it is something that I put on when I'm like, okay, let's calm it down. Mm-hmm. Let's calm life down and just, I need something in the background that's like,
0: hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and also, uh, maybe this happens where, where you are, Gemma, as well. Any time... Any person of any faith tradition or none at all wants to say something churchy, it's usually chant that's in the background. Do you find that? Yeah. You ever notice that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost always something that's out of step with the season. So like if uh, if it's like a police procedural and they walk into a church, it might be Lent, but they're going to be chanting an Alleluia, <laughs> something <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it is. It's, it's ethereal sounding. And uh, the, the beautiful thing about chant is that it does not follow the human heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So much of our music mm-hmm. follows the human heartbeat, Jeff. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah. Yes. But chant does not. That chant not has know. its own rhythm. And uh, and so as such, you're not kind of keeping time and meter in the same way that you would if you were playing a guitar or playing... Um, uh, standard music sure. notation like yeah. we have today although yeah. standard music notation is based upon ready for a word the nooms of, uh, of gregorian chant and nooms are those little square notes oh yeah yeah uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so if you're if you're watching us uh, on the radio uh the little square notes that are that are behind me there are uh, are the the gregorian chant notation mm. and modern music notation is based upon that uh as well and so two young friars um not those not not not, not like knights of Columbus, not a fish fryer, not a fish fryer, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dang but it all? but two young Dominican friars are bringing Catholic music education to a computer near you, and they've started uh, Op Chant. So I probably should explain why it's called Op. Right? Does it sound for Overpowered or anything like that? Mm-hmm. But uh, but the Ordo Predicatorum, huh? the Order of Preachers, oh. uh, that we call them the Dominicans. The Dominicans. Yeah, mm. exactly. So the Order of Preachers. Uh, the Dominican friars, brothers Stefan uh, Ansinger and Alexandra Frizzato, started a YouTube channel uh, that offers lessons in traditional Catholic chant for free of charge. And free is a wonderful price.
3: Yes, it is. It's true.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things I like about YouTube and a lot of these mm-hmm. uh, sources of uh, of new media is that they, they very much are, are on target with uh, offering things that should be free because chant yeah. is free. And so uh, you can hear in the background the Te Deum. This is the, the solemn song that is sung at the end of, uh, of, of the office of readings and then at other times of jubilation within the church. And so uh, the two young friars dedicated themselves to, uh, to teaching these ancient chants and they even provide a PDF of the score to the music so that as they sing it, you can follow Very along. Very cool. Wow. Yeah, That's and nice. you can kind of learn how the nooms sound, yeah. what the, the different types of uh, notes sound like. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, really beautiful. The Te Deum is just one example of, of what they're doing. They uh, have a lot of the, the Lenten songs as well. I probably should have played a Lent-appropriate uh, <laughs> song rather than the Te Deum, which doesn't show up again until Easter. <laughs> Gosh, now I'm doing it! Uh, but uh, yeah, so they began their efforts in late of twenty late 2019, but they've already produced 41 educational videos. Wow! Wow! And now they've settled on a steady pace of one video per week, and it goes without saying that uh, they have, you know, hundreds of years. Uh, of of material to teach
3: yeah i don't think they're gonna run out anytime soon.
0: no not not at all because even within chanting the liturgy of the hour so chanting all 150 psalms which is what religious orders and priests and consecrated uh, men and women do Mm -hmm. um there of course are the 150 psalms but there are multiple psalm tones different uh, modes Mm -hmm. of chant for that so yeah they they could uh, they could be there for a while so brothers that's that's an awesome thing Um, They bring the viewer into different monastic churches, and then they utilize the acoustics to perform the right chant for uh, the the acoustics that they're given within the church, which is neat too. Because that's one of the things that we forget about is that churches, uh, especially um, churches that are beautifully vertically oriented... Mm -hmm part of the theology that they speak is their acoustic.
3: Yeah. I'll never remember several... I mean, I'll never forget. (laughs) I'll always remember. Um, Several years ago, I was asked to sing for um, some friends for their wedding, and they were getting married uh, in Covington, which is not far from where we are, um, at St. Joseph's Abbey. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember coming into the church. It's huge. And their musical director was like, and you'll stand here and you'll sing. And I was like, well, what microphone will I use? And he like... he he scoffed at me, he he guffawed, right? He was like, and and I was like, okay, and then I opened my mouth, I was like, okay, there it is. Like, Mm -hmm. it was so beautifully constructed you know, that, um, that I didn't need a a microphone and I was just one person. I you know, when you get the monks in there to sing, it's beautiful. Um, just, it reverberates, it's just incredible.
0: And that's why throughout the centuries, um, we typically have built churches that are taller than they are wide, Mm -hmm. you know, that's part of the, the acoustic, uh, part of it as well. And that's also why we have choir lofts too. Um, because of the way that sound travels, uh, it goes from the back of the church, uh, th- kind of through the people mm-hmm. and then reverberates off of the apse so the the front of the church. Uh, notice that a lot of them are kind of domed mm-hmm. and that's all I mean, it's part of the, the the beauty of the church right where you you can now fresco those domes and things like that yeah. but also it's part of the acoustics. it's part of the, yeah. the makeup of how the music and um, really the, the when the priest does speak and when the priest does uh, chant, it's able to to hit the dome and, and go back yeah.
3: That's incredible, yeah. One of my one of my Linton um, observances. Well, yeah. One of the things I want to try is um, to learn the to Salve Regina. Oh yeah, I that's I, love I, it. I didn't never grow I up with that love being it. Chanted, mm-hmm. uh, until I until I met friends in New Orleans. Yeah, and everyone knows it. I'm like, oh shucks, and <laughs> I can get like through probably about the first line or two, and then I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember it. I don't know it. So um, I've I've downloaded it on my phone, and I have um, a a print out with the nooms on it Mm -hmm. um, to to, look at you. Yeah. I had
1: a little prayer card of the Salve Regina with the nooms on it. And I learned to chant it in Latin before I actually learned to pray the Hail Holy Queen in English. Is that right? Um, Yeah. And from going to praying night prayer and going to monasteries and on retreat and things and hearing the monks and kind of chant it. I just love it. That's the other thing about
0: chant is it gets inside of you Mm -hmm. and after a little while the muscle memory kicks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very easily. Yeah,
3: because there's the, the middle part of the of the region. I got the first part and then when it's like, Oh and I'm like, Oh, here we go <laughs> mm-hmm. and you hear everybody else come in, yeah. Uh, that's the part I know. So mm-hmm. I'm working on getting that doughy middle part.
0: And there, there's a lot to the middle of the Salve Regina. Yeah, You're right. Exactly. Uh, the words get the Latin gets a, a little bit more uh, intricate, right. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. The, one of the things that, that I, I attempt to teach uh, my choir is that really Gregorian chant is so much about kind of like um, almost like surfing or riding a boat down a river. Yeah. There, there's this undulation to it, hmm. and that's I think what we what we recognize in our bodies. What we recognize is that that type of being carried along by music Mm. is different than um, kind of being the instigator of music. Because, like, even if we're listening to a popular song uh, or or rock music or something like that, or even something that's kind of a folk music tune, there's a sense that we're 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 not passive in it because it's matching itself to the beat of our heart, you know. But we can't quite grasp at chant it's something that has to carry us. Hmm. And so there's again in the wisdom of Mother Church, there there's a reason for all of that too because it is a song back to the Lord. Hmm. And so it is the song of the church to her Lord. And so we are kind of being swept up and carried along with there's this it's, oh. I
1: love that idea. The the parish that I'm going to whilst I'm here in the US, they've they've chosen to do the Latin Missal chants for oh, the mass parts for yes, Lent. Yes. And actually, I'm so pleased that they've chosen to do that, bec- not only because they're beautiful, mm-hmm. but because it kind of takes the performance out yeah. of any of those parts. It, it brings a solemnity as yes. well um, in the celebration of the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really beautiful. So it yeah, is. I was so glad that they had chosen to do that for Lent. And,
0: and it's so good to, again, allow chant to become part of our uh, liturgical vocabulary again. You know, to say nothing of the Latin, but also the ability to chant, yeah um, we we have a, a book, uh, a music book for the St Isaac Jogues Missal, and it has an anglicized version of chants for the mm. responsorial psalm yeah. and uh, and it really is beautiful, but again, it's it's trying to to teach uh, people and choir right. uh, about this notion of kind of mm-hmm. the, that it's that it's not following the same like bump, 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 yeah bum, you know. They're getting it though. I have to yeah. say, my choir is really um, well. I guess I could say rocking and rolling, but can you say that about chant? No, they <laughs> no. They, they, they are progressing well. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. good. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so the the brothers uh, the the brothers Op uh, are, are are very willing to teach uh, chant uh, on their on their channel. Uh, they were interviewed by uh, by the Catholic Herald, and they said that this project began as a way to develop Gregorian choirs in England and in America. And uh, since then, they've exploded in popularity. They have nearly 15,000 subscribers, and they're bringing together many of the monastic communities they visit. Um, It it says they're even getting some of their older members of the order uh, interested. Brother Stefan said, I remember one of our older brothers giving us some very useful advice when we recorded a few songs. He asked us to extend some notes and to breathe at times. It was really beautiful. An older brother who had been trained in singing at the time was giving us advice to improve our singing in a completely spontaneous way,
2: cool. and
0: and you see that mm. that sometimes uh, it it wakes up some things that maybe have been um, just kind of fallen asleep in in monastic communities. Yeah.
3: Well, that's a great way to connect the two generations, because I'm sure as a as an older monk, you know, you might be like, well, they don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to learn it. You know, yeah. um, nobody's really interested. But and in, you know, you see that like you were saying that that awakening. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is something that I want to pass on. And what a cool way that they can be a part of that, even if they're not technologically savvy, Mm -hmm. you know, even if they're not making the videos that they can they recognize that they can be a part of that Mm -hmm. as well. That's
0: and that's an important thing to say is, is that maybe you have an apostolate that's budding in your heart and you're like, I don't know the first thing about turning a camera on. I can't I don't even think I can find the, the record button. Well, this is a good opportunity to to let somebody else press the record Mm -hmm. button, you know, and that's that's exactly what they've done. He says, what also, uh, Brother Alexander says, what also touches me is the awareness of history through this sacred song, which has remained the same, which accompanied the common prayer of the brothers, loving the Lord together, studying together. We have here a treasure which binds us to those who precede us and who gave their lives for Christ in our order. It's our turn to pass it Mm -hmm. on. And that's really a beautiful connection with, uh, with our Catholic heritage is the Salve Regina that you love so well yeah. goes back. I, okay, I'm just kind of pulling a number out of the air. I think that at least 800 years, but probably yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. and, and so a lot of the saints that you're devoted to sure. and the ones who have given their lives for the faith, they sang the same thing. Mm, right. And so there really is a family connection, you know, because we are connected by our baptism. And we are certainly connected by the witness of the martyrs. Uh, The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And to know that some of those seeds of the church also sang these hymns of growth, of spiritual growth, is really cool, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Their lessons are completely accessible to students of all skill levels. They're provided in English as well. So you can go on YouTube. We'll put all this in the show notes, by the way. But you can go to the OP channel um, on uh, on YouTube. They may need to get somebody to help them out because you can't just type youtube.com slash chant because they haven't set up their custom channel ID yet, so mm-hmm. you have to use the search bar in YouTube, OPChant, or uh, go to opchant.com. I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, I'll just check that while I'm, while I'm uh, that on room. the internet with you here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is opchant.com, and you can get access to all those videos, as well as the PDF downloads to get the music. Well, um, yeah, I- I'm-, I'm excited about this, because yeah. I just discovered it a few weeks ago, and uh, already I'm kind of like, I need to polish the art form a little Mm, bit here with with chance. So, uh, yeah. All right. It's that part of the show where we just simply give you a gentle reminder that we are the Catholic Underground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're listening to, you found, you've somehow stumbled into the foyer of the Catholic Underground. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee. Gemma Wildsmith is in the studio today. Jeff Blackwell is always in space. And uh, Ed is switching the video for us today. <laughs> Ed, thank you for being there in the ball pit.
3: Yes, indeed. She likes
0: it when I say that. So. The ball pit. Therefore, I mm-hmm. did. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as we come on the air, we are in the month of March. So, we're kind of smack dab into Lent, right? Yep. We've celebrated the second Sunday of Lent on our liturgical calendar. And that means that the Feast of St. Joseph is coming up. It's a solemnity in the church.
3: Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. St. Joseph, um, well, well. this is might be news to you, that every month in the Catholic calendar, which there's 12, yeah. just like a regular calendar, <laughs> but in the Catholic church... You can blame um, us for that, too. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Um, in, the, in the Catholic church, each month is dedicated um, to a theme. And yeah. so we know March is for St. Joseph. And St. Joseph has to be one of my favorite saints because St. Saint Joseph... Never spoke a word in the gospel.
0: Is it because you speak a lot? That you, yes. Oh, okay. He, <laughs>
3: like, of course. I went to a school named after Saint Joseph. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was in high school that I realized his inner, like his interceding in my own life, mm-hmm. where he was like, Kathleen, shh, shh, shh. You talk too much. <laughs> you make too much noise, right? Because I always thought maybe that's how, like, it is to be, you know, to evangelize people and to to get out there and blah. blah, blah, blah. Right? And he's like, you you need to learn how to do it quietly, right? And so he has a very special place in my heart. But he may have a special place in your heart as well because he is the patron saint of workers, mm-hmm. of families, of homes, um, and a happy death, which is very interesting. That's something I've, I've learned to, in the last couple of years, pray to St. Joseph for, for people who I know are suffering mm-hmm. and who are dying, mm-hmm. um, is to be able to to have a happy death, yep. which is it's and hard I, to explain to my students. I but, can tell
0: you exactly what that is because I yeah. witnessed it in my own father's life. My father died a couple of years ago. And the grace of a happy death is for all of the little tangles Mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, wrap around our lives. It was really something to just kind of watch them all untangle. Right. So that so that my dad could rest, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and so that all the family around him could rest. Yeah. And appreciate the moment that was taking place. Sure. Powerful yeah. Saint Joseph's intercession, incredible. Mm-hmm.
3: So, if March is um, the month of Saint Joseph, very interesting that February is devoted to the Holy Family, mm-hmm. right? And so then we have this this next month, who is devoted to the head of the family. A lot of times, I think Saint Joseph, um, because he is so quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, we read about him, you know, at the, at the nativity at Christmas time. And then it's kind of like, oh yeah. And then Jesus lived his life with (laughs) Mary, Right. (laughs) Right? And you have all these hidden years. I'm reading about Jesus's hidden years Mm -hmm. and how much, um, you know, what a role St. Joseph had in being the head of the Holy family, the protector of Mary and Jesus and how, you know, um, maybe not difficult, but challenging. It must have been. Um, to to provide that and know what he was caring for. Yeah. Maybe, you know. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas says this, some saints are privileged to extend to us their patronage with particular efficacy. Efficacy, yeah. it's a big like word, it's a $5 word. Really, which means needs. effectiveness. Right, right, right. Yep. but not in others, but our holy patron St. Joseph has the power to assist us in all cases, in every necessity, in every undertaking. Mm-hmm. Like, when you start learning about the, the silent St. Joseph, what he does and what how he intercedes for us is incredible. So there are a few ways that you can align your family and yourself to St. Joseph this March. One of them is for your special intentions, there's a powerful prayer to St. Joseph.
0: And I suppose we should mention uh, that, uh, that we don't pray to the saints because right. they have power in and of themselves. Sure. But we ask for their intercession because they have a particular relationship with mm-hmm. our Lord, just like... Uh, You'd go to a friend of yours because they have a particular relationship to another friend. The same kind of thing,
3: right? And this is a beautiful prayer. Um, you know, I think we pray a lot to Mary because because she's so close to her son. But we mm-hmm. forget how close Saint, was Saint Joseph to Jesus mm-hmm. um, as well. You you want to pray the prayer or say the prayer? You want to just post it on the.
0: Oh, hey, hey, you got some, you got some time. You can say okay. it if you like. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. For sure.
3: But yeah. I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, Oh St. Joseph, whose protection is so great, so prompt, so strong before the throne of God, I place in you all my, my interests and desires. And it goes on to talk about his powerful intercession um, and that um, I may offer my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers, right? That That St. Joseph, we talk about God being a loving father, but but Saint Joseph also has that role of spiritual fatherhood um, to us as well. I uh, never weary contemplating you and and Jesus asleep in your arms. How beautiful yeah. that he carried Jesus. There's, those are my favorite images of Saint Joseph, of him carrying the Christ Child. Right? Can you imagine, like you know, or the pictures of Saint Joseph in, uh working in his you know his his shop his carpentry shop and jesus being right there and learning you know jesus's fatherhood for us from his own father right so beautiful number two honor your own father or fathers (laughs) right in italy and spain actually father's day is celebrated annually on saint joseph's day super cool they they give that whole day to saint joseph and, and for us you know you may have a biological father you may have uh, people in your life like uncles or friends spiritual fathers i'm getting there oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you may have spiritual fathers right <laughs> honor your fathers in some kind of way um call them up mm-hmm. give them a card tell offer you know have a mass offered for them um, especially your priests, call them up and let them know you love them and that you support them and that you're thankful for their fatherhood as well. Because it's not always—it's not. I would imagine as it's not always easy being a mother. It's not always easy being a dad, right? Especially when you have to guide your children, yeah. and your children are a little rebellious, right? And give you yeah. a little attitude, right? It's not—it's not always easy, but they want the best for us, and they're—they're they're praying for us, and they're leading
0: us. Which, by the way, I should just uh, say that Kathleen is the best at sending cards.
3: thank you. She's really good at it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, number three, resolve <laughs> resolve to work smarter this month. We mm-hmm. do know that um, that Saint Joseph is the patron saint of workers. Yeah. So, what does work look like in your life? Um, are you are you um do you have a good balance between work and rest? Mm-hmm. Are you, when you go to work are you putting in a hundred percent? I know as a teacher sometimes I'm like, Okay, today's a movie day because I'm tired, right? <laughs> but are You're giving are away we, your secrets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't tell anybody, okay. But are are we really engaging in our work? Are we yeah. really um, working working hard? Offering up our labor mm-hmm. um, out of love and gratitude for St. Joseph, even when it's hard. Right? Yeah. Especially my, my generation and lower, I don't think we like to work, right? So we're always looking for the loopholes of how to get out of it. But are you putting in the work and offering that up to St. Joseph?
0: I'm doing the consecration to St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Father mm-hmm. Donald Calloway has a, a book, which by the way, uh, wor- worth it. Uh, and there is a lot that we can infer about St. Joseph. Yeah. And one of the things that we can infer is that his work was not easy. Yeah. That that he had to he had to to ply his trade sure. uh, of being a carpenter, but then he also had to travel to Egypt. Right. At the message of an angel saying, "Get Mary and the baby Jesus out of here." Mm-hmm. So he went to Egypt, where there were no bodies that he knew, yeah. and he had to ply his trade there, where everyone knew that that he was not Egyptian. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so he shares in that difficulty whenever we share difficulty. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A really cool thing that you can do in your home, um, I have one in mine, is uh, place an icon, a statue, or an image of St. Joseph somewhere that's prominent on your table. I have one. I have a little shelf in my hallway, and St. Joseph sits right there. Um, put a picture of your family next to it and pray to him uh, to protect your family, to to make you uh, whatever role you have in your family, a good daughter, a good husband, a good wife, a good uh, good father, right? Mm-hmm. And to remind you to pray for your father as well. Um, this is a really cool tradition. Make a St. Joseph's Day altar. Yep. Uh, this is an Italian tradition. There's a lot involved in it. And if you've ever been to one, it is crazy cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone can practice it, just like we're all Irish on St. Patrick's Day. We're all <laughs> Italian on St. Joseph's Day, right? Uh, we are the universal church, and that's what's so beautiful is that we can enter into these uh, these customs and these traditions. Um, the St. So Joseph altar is a fun and meaningful tradition that even your kids will enjoy helping with because they can get involved in it. Um, you can make it super elaborate. Maybe you've been to one at your parish and it's like three tiers of, of just food and goodness. Mm-hmm. Right? Or maybe something a little bit more simple in your own home. Um, sometimes there are three levels, right? Each one um, devoted to the person of the Trinity. Right or um, of the or each mem- or for each member of the Holy Family, mm-hmm. you, you can place a uh, statue or a picture of Saint Joseph at the top. Right, and there are all kinds of traditional foods that are that are served at the Saint Joseph altar. Um, spaghetti with eggs, right? That's <laughs> just really awesome. That,
0: that's your protein, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
3: Fava beans is is a traditional thing. Lemons. I think the tradition is if you steal a lemon off the Saint Joseph altar that you'll that get a husband get in a the following husband. 12 yeah. months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> stolen <laughs> several lemons, okay?
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Kathleen has an entire fruit basket yeah. <laughs>
3: from home. Yeah. Some other things include <clears throat> breads that are shaped in the, in the form of a cross, or in the uh, shape of a staff for St. Joseph and his staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, figs, olives and dates, artichokes, fruits and salads.
1: My um, favorite
0: is like the lamb cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. shows up at the St. Joseph altar. It's a, it's a cake shaped like a lamb. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. wow. Also at Easter. but
1: I've never seen a St. Joseph altar and so I'm quite excited oh. about oh, okay. our fantastic. parish has one going. So on the 19th, I'm going to go yes, and nice. see for the first time Excellent. a St. Joseph altar. Yeah,
3: it, they're super cool. There's all sweets of all kinds. There's usually not meat, right? Because it's usually it's during lent to observe that one of the cool things that i read in this article was for the main meal you can serve traditional feast day dinner such as fish and saint Joseph's sawdust right which is really cool they toast breadcrumbs over pasta representing the 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 sawdust from saint joseph's workshop super cool tradition if it's going on in your parish go to it yep. um but there, there are also several ways that you, here in the South, you can find a way to include St. Joseph in the decor of your home. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, that represents St. Joseph is the lily. Mm-hmm. Um, here in the South, we are... are Inundated with Florida leaves. thats kind of our symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, but find a way to to incorporate that into the, your home decor. Yep. You know, if it's not a statue of Saint Joseph, something that rem- that reminds you of him. Um, Father was talking about the consecration to Saint Joseph. I didn't start mine yet, but I did get the book. I'm gonna start it um, so that I will finish on the feast of Saint Joseph the Worker. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited yep. about it. Um, find ways to give, mm-hmm. um, since Saint Joseph is the patron saint of families. Find ways to give to families in need. Pray for the suffering and the sick and the dying. And at the end of the day, give your worries to the sleeping St. Joseph, so that he can carry them to his son. That's one of Pope
0: Francis' favorite uh, devotions. Mm All righty. Well, you know what that sound means. It means that we have to take a bit of a break, but stay right where you are. There'll be more after this. my friends. Welcome mm-hmm. back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined by the inimitable Kathleen Lee. That's a new one. Yeah. The Inim- equally inimitable Inim- and unrepeatable Gemma Wildsmith. Thank you. That's right. And the uh, the not-so-cantankerous Jeff Blackwell. That's right. We accept no imitations. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And Ed's, of course, in the video cave there yeah, he's uh, up, as well. Right yeah, right over there. Yeah. All right. Our picks of the week are coming up. But first, because it's Lent, and not just because it's Lent, we thought we'd uh, spend a little time talking about prayer. Because prayer is one of those things that uh, even though we don't like to admit it, we think that prayer just happens suddenly or right. it doesn't happen right. at all. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and so we thought we'd, we'd spend a little time talking about how important uh, it is to be uh, practical with our prayer, that to, to practice our prayer. In the same way that you have to practice a sport to, to get proficient at it or dare I say practice your faith, huh? mm-hmm. um, we also have to practice prayer. And there are different habits of prayer that we that we ought to (laughs) practice. So we kind of kid ourselves and think that the saints are born or created with uh, by an arbitrary decision of God, who every now and then suddenly decides to like top up humanity's quota. Like they, you know, Mm -hmm. they they all of a sudden they they're created and they automatically know how to pray. Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. time
3: for a new saint.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) Bloop.
3: I was talking to uh, my sixth graders about Saint Padre Pio, and they were like, "How did he do? Like, how did he get the stigmata and bilocate?" And I was like. Oh, he was holy. And they're like, I know, but like, did, no, no, like, like that happened over time because he developed his faith life and they, they, you could tell they struggle <laughs> with that. They were, I was like, he didn't just wake up one day and go, oh my gosh, what are these things on my hands? You know, he was holy mm-hmm. and he prayed yep, and he practiced.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and he came from us, right? Mm-hmm. From humanity, right? Mm-hmm. He he didn't, he didn't just kind of go bloop, saint. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. That's not how it works, so. Huh? Uh, so this is an idea that we have, but there's more to it. So one of the, the kind of the the modes in which we can look at prayer is actually by looking at the predicament of someone who experiences addiction. Hmm. Um, so the predicament of the alcoholic is a dramatic kind of blown up picture of us all. The the fact that our plight is obviously not so dramatic as a mixed blessing, right? Mm-hmm. If it were, If it were, it would force us to to uh, see ourselves stripped of all falsity and pretension to face stark reality, mm-hmm. um, we'd come then to a moment of decision. And oftentimes, whenever we look at, at uh, somebody who experiences an addiction, the thing that gets them to, to wake up and to say, wait a minute, things are not as they should be, is that rock bottom sure. moment, right? Hitting the rock bottom. And, and oftentimes um, that's what causes somebody who has an addiction to say, "Okay, I need help. Right. And so he admits, right? The alcoholic admits that he is an alcoholic and is absolutely helpless, helpless. But then something can happen. Right. Uh, they can step in and use that yes mm-hmm. to, to begin to seek help, help for themselves. Yeah. Huh? So mm-hmm. it's kind of facing reality, making this admission, they can't do anything. And so, as you know, probably the 12 steps of, of recovering addicts of any kind are based on that. The first is to admit that they're powerless to help themselves and their lives have become unmanageable. The second is to believe in a power greater than their own that can restore them mm-hmm. to sanity. The third is to turn their lives over to God as they understand him. And then the other steps uh, amplify those and emphasize the need to face up honestly to past faults and to make amends to those that, uh, that they cause so much suffering sure. unto. And so with that in mind, we can kind of look at at our own prayer lives. Even though we may not uh, suffer addictions, sure. um, there can't be a fresh start or renewal in in any life or a group or community, any individual, right. unless we admit our own inadequacy and our past failures. Yeah. Oftentimes the thing that keeps me from coming to prayer is my own pride, thinking that I can mm-hmm. manufacture my own mountain to dwell on all sure. the time, mm, you know, yeah. but I can't transfigure myself. That's not mm. how it works, you know? So, yeah,
1: we have to know our need. That's right. We have to know our need of God. We have to God. know our need yeah. of
0: God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we begin to, to know our need, right, we begin to admit our weaknesses. We begin to appreciate the fundamental principle that all of us are wired for spiritual life. Mm -hmm. We're not just wired to wake up, get our coffee, run out and try to make money. Right. You know, so so often in life, that's what we tend to boil life down to, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, We can't go a single step forward without God. And the gospel uh, does not say, without me, you won't be able to get very far. (laughs) It says, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Yeah. Yeah and and i have i have actually in in my own lenten prayer spent time with that phrase yeah mm-hmm. without me you can mm-hmm. do nothing
1: i was describing this to a friend we were talking about prayer and spiritual life the other day and so often we we try to put god in a box mm-hmm. um and it's just one box among many in our lives but actually if you start to see it that god is the box in which we live and move Uh, and have our being then actually it kind of begins to make sense that actually yeah we can't do anything Mm -hmm. apart from him you know
0: that's right and 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 which of us would belittle ourselves in our own pride right when we think that god's in the box and we're bigger than the box Mm -hmm. right which of us would belittle ourselves by going down to our knees to pray unless we're in need of help Right. Well, without that basic humility of, of a little child, of saying, God, you are bigger, mm. <laughs> we can't even begin. We can't even begin. And I think that's why perhaps Jesus says that uh, it's difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God, uh, as it is that very weird phrase, as it is to, for a camel to pass through the <laughs> eye of a needle, yeah. you know? Um, and, and it's oftentimes because we, we can't fit through this small space uh, where God dwells huh? in, in the silence, if we're kind of puffed up with ourselves. Right. You know, um, yeah. So Jesus doesn't just mean a person with a fat wallet, but he's talking about people who are rich in natural gifts and in abilities too, people with brains uh, or, or a lot of, um, you know, panache. Um, he Even those people with charm and artistic brilliance, if they live in only their natural gifts and abilities, then they can find themselves very far from God. In fact, there are some very intelligent people that I know who call themselves uh, atheists, which, <laughs> come on, <laughs> you're not really an atheist. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of work to be an atheist. Um, uh, or at least agnostic, like if mm. God exists, I don't really care. Um, because they're, they're so kind of, they're on the laurels of their own natural gifts and talents and abilities. Um, cause none of these riches that we're given are, are in themselves evil, right. but they have the same danger sure. that they can give us the false impression of our own strength, our mm. own importance and our own personal competence. You know, like who needs God when money will give me everything. I
3: right. Want? And we see that throughout, throughout, you know, um, the entertainment world, people who are like, Oh, I'm the, I'm the greatest that there is. Well, it's only a matter of time and I'll be watching the headlines for when, you know, your life turns out to be something that you have no control over, you know, and and unfortunate things may happen. And not that I wish that on anyone, but that's a common theme, Mm -hmm. right? Is when people become famous for being an actor or becoming a singer or, or whatever, you know, it's not the, the, the ones who are steadily successful, are the ones that you know may mention God in an interview here or there, it's true. or they you know they they bring their family to church and nobody ever takes pictures of that, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But you see that you see that in in the world today for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's really interesting when a movie star uh, on on social media will actually be courageous enough to to kind of put themselves out there and and say, well, we went to Ash Wednesday, you know, um, yeah. because. I, I get the sense that that they some of them at least, really do understand that that they they don't have any of the natural gifts they have unless they have existence, and their mm-hmm. existence comes from God. Sure, yeah, you know that that he shares those gifts w- with us very freely. So part of that is, as we say, is recognizing uh, our own weakness. and that's the one way that we come to experience our need of God's help. Mm-hmm. And building a life of prayer means turning our lifestyle upside down. Uh, if need be, to find the necessary daily time for prayer, I mean, how many times in my own life you might experience it too—that we think of prayer as just kind of like a luxury that yeah. you know, like, well, only priests pray. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I can tell you that some of us don't pray as often or as well as we should, you know, mm. um, but uh, or or people that that have spare time on their hands, like, oh, you know, these people who who are YouTube famous, they've got all this time in between making their their millions and they surely they would have time to pray, you know?
3: Or the little old ladies who are, you know, that's, that's they must live in the church because that's <laughs> all they do with their lives. Yeah, or professional right. Christians. Yeah, who, no, that, that's right. Professional
1: Christians yeah, uh-huh. who, you know, work in the church and are like, oh, well, of course they pray. Yeah,
3: I had to be really, really real with my students because I think that they struggle with this as well, even though they're younger. I said, don't get into the trap of the fact that you go to a Catholic school.
0: Yeah.
3: You know that. Oh, then, then this must count as prayer. If all you're doing is saying the words. Yeah. Then it's not prayer. And I had to tell them, I said, I'm be very real with you. I've studied theology. I have a degree in you know, religion. I've taught school um, and I get caught in that trap very often that it yeah. becomes, oh, I prayed at, at work, yeah. you know, but is it real prayer and am mm-hmm. I praying at other times as well when I'm not have to when I don't have to do it
0: yeah Uh, I've learned in in my line of work that when somebody um, who is my contemporary or older uh, says well I went to a Catholic school and eh, usually what comes next Mm -hmm. is very revelatory uh, of (laughs) of the of the life of prayer that that he or she has adopted since their graduation from Catholic school I mean I'm not I'm not knocking Catholic education but it is it is a treasure trove of tools That have to be used right right? then that's Mm -hmm. that's what a catholic education is supposed to do and and if we just say ah well that you know that stuff i learned and you know got the got the diploma no that's that's not a life of prayer that that whenever we say i I wish to be a person of prayer i have to admit that whether i went to a catholic school or whether i was a public which i was huh Mm -hmm. that that I have to be willing to make the time for prayer, and even a priest has to do that. You know, I, I have to, I have a very busy schedule, but I have to get up at five thirty in the morning mm. to to begin to pray the official prayers of the church that I have to pray, but also to take time to listen to the Lord speaking tenderly to my heart mm. as 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 His Son. You know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we we are we are filled uh, to to the measure of our weakness by the Father's richness, mm. and that's really the first step in prayer is to realize. That, that we are weak, and the Lord wishes to fill up that weakness with his presence. The more we are filled with his fullness, the more we are lifted up out of ourselves in a self-forgetfulness that enables us to pray properly for the first time. And I know one of the things that happens in, in my own prayer life is that whenever I kind of allow myself to be emptied before the Lord, I also then have the, the capacity to pray for others mm. and not just for myself. We should pray for ourselves. Yeah. It's okay. It's not selfish to pray for yourself, you know. <laughs> But then that pours itself out into, into wanting to pray for others as well. And that all comes from recognizing that we are weak, that we're fragile. Yeah. You know, The more we uh, are tangibly immersed in the mystery of God's love, which is why we as Catholics have a liturgical life, right? Why we have the devotional life too, why we have things like the rosary. The more we're tangibly immersed in the mystery of God's love, the more we begin to see that all prayer leads to praise. Yeah. All prayer leads to giving glory to God and we can lose ourselves in, in in God who is inexhaustible. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard for us to imagine uh, a God who wants to just pour out everything on us mm-hmm. because we in our human relationships go, nobody can really like, want to share <laughs> right. everything.
3: And with how many billions of people on the earth he wants to do that with? Okay, mm-hmm. he can't be pouring out everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we we, in our own time, like we can't do that. We can't give ourselves, you know, this, this idea of giving ourselves fully to one thing yeah. is unimaginable because there are a billion things going on in our right. life and we give maybe 1% to all of it, if, yeah. you know, if, if we, if we get caught up in it. So that idea of who wants to fill us and, mm-hmm. and, and have a personal relationship with us, me, right, you know, and you, and you, and you, um, is kind of unfathomable. That's that right, exactly.
0: An and, the, and the trouble is we have a hard time believing it. right. Um, and so we kind of m- sometimes make our prayer this purely academic principle of theology, mm-hmm. you know yeah. that, that it's, it's something that I can kind of toy around with in my head, but it, it never reaches the heart. Sure. Mm-hmm. and it never pours out of the heart. To God, right. you know, and that's a that's a danger, especially for a seminarian or a philosophy mm-hmm. um, or even a theology student, that yeah. it can it can remain this this academic principle. But all of those things, as St. Thomas Aquinas says, that's straw compared to what the Lord wants to, to do in our lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, if we actually believe that uh, that, that we're weak, that we need God's help and that and God's help and that he wants to pour out his presence onto us, we'd scream for it. Yeah. You know? Um, we'd go to him and we'd find the time to open ourselves. That's it's but it's always interesting that we just kind of can try mm-hmm. to fill ourselves up. Yeah. And it, it man it's it's like filling yourself up with vapor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or Chinese food.
3: Yeah.
1: But um, I think I don't think we talk about it enough. Yeah. I don't think um, people ask for the help Mm -hmm. in learning to pray or Mm -hmm. acknowledging that they don't know what it looks like for their prayer life to mature as they mature as a person right you know so even if you've had a catholic education and you might know the prayers yeah um, and you might know the words actually what does it look like to pray as a 25 year old a 30 year old a 45 year old However, Mm -hmm. and whatever your circumstances are, you know, and we kind of have to break the silences around it to help people kind of engage and grapple with. Mm-hmm. the desire to want to know God but not really knowing how to go about it. <laughs> That's right, exactly.
0: And so uh, learning to pray, well said, takes practice, mm-hmm. constantly showing up, opening ourselves up to God. Uh, there's, there's no accomplishment of any worth that I know of that you can attain merely by desiring to have it. The first yeah. step is to say, Lord, give me the desire to pray, but, but uh, being able to, to kind of step into it and show up uh, as we were talking before the show, showing up is, is the, is the nine-tenths of prayer, yeah. of putting ourselves in the presence of God. Mm. Uh, those who wish to succeed in a particular accomplishment have given hours of time, and even if they have a flair of genius, they, they give hours of time. Arthur Rubinstein, who's a concert pianist, was arguably the greatest one of the last century, and yet at the age of 84, he admitted that he needed to practice for six hours a day. Wow. In, this, in his prime, he practiced for nine Wow. You know? Um, and so he was a musical genius at the age of three, but it took a lifetime to master the techniques necessary to facilitate and maintain the growth of that genius to yeah. enable him to mm. share it with others in a concert platform. And the yeah. same could be said of many artists and performers, but it also could be said of us mm-hmm. that, that we, we have to show up for prayer and we have to keep... Getting it wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and keep asking the Lord, you know, to keep showing up. Uh, one of my favorite uh, books that actually Olivia, who's on assignment this evening, um, Olivia talks about is beginning to pray. And the, the very first notion of that is knocking at the door, mm-hmm. simply showing up to, to knock at the door of God. And, and uh, I, I forget, I'm paraphrasing, but, and, and then the Lord may, may walk through the door you know, <laughs> uh, but, but he may remain silent for a time to continue to, to teach you how to ask.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and that's a, that's a very real thing, but to continue to show up in prayer. Mm. And it's hard for us to imagine that, um, that, that prayer is an exception to the rule of continually having to show up and to practice it, to show up at the door. We're, su- mm. if we're supposed to be dedicated to the mastery of the art of arts, huh? right. uh, and at best we drift aimlessly along like these you know, amateurs. I, I did stay at a Holiday and Express last night, yeah, so right? therefore, I know yeah. everything about it. huh? Um, but prayer, prayer demands even the full potential of a professional mm-hmm. if we're going to do it.
3: Well, I think you know. I'll go back to some of my favorite saints, like uh, Saint John Paul II. When you read about him, like he spent hours in prayer, right? This guy is the Pope, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And he would spend spend you know, hours in prayer, you, you, you read about, um, St. Mother Teresa, right. Who, when her, she was so busy and was taking care of so many people. And when her sisters came to her and said, look, we don't have time for a holy hour, she says, yes, we do. And now we have time for two holy hours, mm-hmm. right? Because it was that important yep. to make the time to, you know, when we, we, we get to a point where we're like, oh, well, I'm prayed up, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah. I've done all the, pray, you Like know? you've
0: topped off the tank. Oh yeah. I've had yeah. people
3: who have told me, you know, again, you know, going back to Catholic school, I went to Catholic school. I've been to, I've, I've fulfilled my prayer and mass re- obligation no. for the rest oh, of my no, life. Oh, no, boo-boo, you have not. Like, yeah. you know, you're just getting started. <laughs> that's right. And so when we look at the saints, too, and sometimes, you know, we can look at that and say, that's just unobtainable. Because mm-hmm. I can't be, they didn't know that they were going to be saints. Yep. They didn't say, oh, I know in five years I'll right. be saint so-and-so. So I'm not going to, I don't have to pray anymore because I've already achieved that. <laughs> right. right. They were just living the life. Yeah. And if they can do it with all that they did, mm-hmm. right, all that they, they suffered through and all of the work that they did, you know, um, then we can, we can make that time as well. Yeah. But I think
1: it's such a, it's a, such a great paradox, I suppose, of the faith that, cause it's all about right order. Yeah. You actually, we think, oh, I don't have time to pray, mm-hmm. but when we do, when we do take that time to pray, we actually achieve far more after than we would have done had we not prayed. And so because it's in right order, we've given our day, we've given ourselves, our work to the Lord, and then allowing him to just kind of work through us. I know for myself, I can, yeah, be far more productive yeah. after just stopping and praying, even for five right. minutes at the beginning of something.
0: Mm-hmm. I believe St. Francis de Sales says that everybody should pray for at least an hour a day except for a busy person.
1: Who needs to pray for two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the saints would know. Because one of the things that we find is that when we show up for prayer, and, uh, and, and again, you, you can have certain rote prayers that you pray. Uh, I know a lot of folks have, fa- have favorite prayers, R-O-T-E, by the way, just mm-hmm. prayers that, that we've memorized or things like that. Uh, but, but all of those things are supposed to kind of free us up mm-hmm. to be able to sit with the Lord, to go from the Martha of prayer to the Mary of prayer. Yeah. You know, Because contemplation on scripture, contemplation of divine realities of heaven, mm-hmm. all of those things are, are where we're supposed to arrive but we can't do that unless we're willing like Mary to sit at the feet of the Lord mm. to say that all of all of these other things that I have to do are important but I must place myself at the feet mm-hmm. of the Lord and then that the the tapping of that oasis of prayer of sitting at the feet of the Lord then becomes a fountain yeah. and that's only if we're prepared to give some daily time to prayer um, that would be that we'd be able to kind of start practicing the piano so to speak right, right to to that little bit of time and then the little time that we give is dramatically changed. We begin to see things changing. Yeah. And that's simply by giving the Lord time. Right. Yeah, I
3: think, you know, I I talk to people about this a lot. I used to think that, um, you know, to be, in the, in the, you know, especially when Lent came around, I was like, I know, I'll pray the Rosary every day. I'll go to three, <laughs> um, you know, daily masses a week, and I'll uh, stop the I'll adoration to, chapel. I'll go to Holy Hour at <laughs> yeah. least three times. a week I was like, Kathleen, have you prayed the Rosary in the last six months? Yeah. Once, no. Have you been to daily mass in the last year? No. When was the last time you went to Holy Hour? You, don't f- it, like we have such beautiful prayers in the Catholic faith, such beautiful, beautiful prayers. Mm-hmm. But if you're not there, don't and don't aim that high. Yeah. Right? If it's for 5 minutes. You know, for Lent, if you're not praying at all, 5 minutes a day,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? Or to 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 open your day with the Hail Mary and end it with, you know, an Our Father is a great start. Yep. Because you don't start, you know, running 45 miles <laughs> if you've spent your whole life on the couch. You mm-hmm. can't do it. You know, and, and you'll fail and you'll be you'll you know, you'll be so hard on yourself. And not to say that we're not going to fail, but we got to help ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and we got to go in those in those increments. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's that, gentle enough. Right. With ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And allow time write, to grow. You should write a couch to 5K for prayer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: Kathleen. There's your
1: That'd <laughs> be real. There's Catholic your couch to 5K. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, you know, because every Lent I overshoot. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not realistic, it's, right. you know, an and it's ap- unsustainable. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. If if what you've what you especially for Lent, if what you have, you know, um, committed to is not sustainable after Lent and not something you're going to do after Lent, then why do it?
0: That's right. It's, yeah. You know, so I think you're right to, to start with 10 minutes a day and gradually extend that period as we master the preliminaries, being able to sit for 10 minutes. Think about it. <laughs> think about what you do in 10 minutes every day, huh? <laughs> uh, at least two microwave breakfasts or something like that, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah, think of think of that. So 10 minutes and then gradually extend that time because what happens, again, is the oasis becomes a fountain. Yeah. And if all begins to go well, then we stop wanting to to kind of restrain ourselves to a minimum time and we want to spend more time with the Lord. And the prayer that starts to develop at set times then gradually filters through the rest of the day. Mm. And in the end, our prayer life becomes kind of coextensive to everything that we do, and we can begin and end everything in prayer, all the, the work that we have to do. Um, uh, and so it's important to say that the beginning, if you're just beginning, the prayer period will be a bit like a desert, dry and barren, but eventually it becomes an oasis, huh? Mm. Uh, we, we expect, because especially in our Western culture, we expect to have results right away. Yeah. But that's not how a relationship works, mm. you know? You have to go on a couple of dates before you begin to really know the other. And that's what the Lord asks of us, is he, are, are you willing to let me court you? Are you willing to let me speak tenderly to you as mm-hmm. to a lover, huh? Song of songs, folks, in the Old Testament, huh? And that's what the Lord wants for us, but we have to be willing to be the beloved. We have to be willing to be the loved ones by God. Yeah. And, and that's where the oasis begins to spring up, huh? But that oasis is not the end, it's only the beginning. Eventually that that oasis becomes a fountain that brims over and begins to irrigate everything in our lives, and then we can talk about prayer without ceasing. Then our spiritual lives transform daily, and we have even a greater desire to plug in to the treasury Mm. of the church, right to to our sacraments, to our worship, to our devotional life. Um, And so then we can, at the end of it all, say like St. Paul does, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that's the goal. That's where we want to wind up, is in that great place of contemplation and sainthood. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's just that simple and that hard, you know? <laughs> I, suppose, uh, I suppose we should take a little bit of time here at the end of the show for that part of the show that we like to call... The CU Pick of the Week. Kathleen's already getting some... Uh, some app subscriptions, right, for your your Catholic Catholic 5K. <laughs> yes, indeed. I think that'd be awesome. So, uh, your pick of the week, there, Kathleen. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I um, love me some Trisha Yearwood. <laughs> She's a uh, country singer. If you haven't listened to her, listen to her stuff from the '90s. Incredible. A couple years ago, though, she started um, a cooking show, and I'm like, man. Every time I watch it, she has this cheese it. Crusted chicken nuggets <laughs> that will uh, you will die eating them. So anyway, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kathleen talks a lot about chicken nuggets on the yes, show. I'm just... I do.
3: In fact, it was recently published in the newspaper. My love for chicken nuggets. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, so she has a couple of um, a couple of books, a couple of cookbooks, and I picked up one of hers, home cooking with Trisha Yearwood. <laughs> That's probably uh, sweet tea. Yes, that she's probably sweet tea that she's holding, and she looks awesome. I love her so much, but she has really simple recipes. Piece. And I love her show, so I thought maybe I'll pick up and see what she's got. And so I I made cowboy lasagna the other night. It's like lasagna except it's got pepperonis in it. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> if you're looking at it right here, it looks fantastic. And so <laughs> that was the first one I tried. It was delicious, um, and I've got many more to try. So if you're looking for simple stuff, I also have a couple of other cookbooks in the wing, waiting in the wings, mm-hmm. um, that I'll probably come up in the next couple of weeks. But um, Trisha Earwood home cooking there get you it, go
0: get it now Jim. how about you uh, do you have a, a pick of the week for I us I do oh she and came actually, prepared
1: it is on <laughs> the food that. theme as oh, well wow. yeah. okay that's alright so my many trips to the US yes. have made me a lover of coffee ah mm. It's finally happened. It has finally happened (laughs) in my mature age. I love coffee and Mystic Monk coffee Uh, is amazing. They recently came out with like, I think it's a 10 year anniversary blend Mm -hmm. called Paradiso, which is like brilliant. And then the other one is the Lenten Pasca Java, which is great as well. Oh, and I've just ordered a new one to try, which is called Easter Sunrise. So oh, I might ooh. save that for Easter Sunday. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I, yeah, Mystic Monk Coffee. It's I'm, really good. I'm
0: behind on the new flavors of Mystic hmm. Monk Coffee, and and I don't know if you've seen um, the the monastery, the caramel that the monks uh, out in Wyoming are trying to build, um, and the Mystic Monk Coffee sales go into mm. that. Uh, it's it's turning out beautifully. So if you if you go to the Mystic Monk website, we'll put all this in the show notes then you'll be able to see uh, the fruit of, well, your labor, their labor, and you're buying their coffee. <laughs> so, yeah. Jeff, how about you up on the satellite? You got to uh, pick Oh, I meat? am a
2: big fan of Rode microphones. That's R-O-D-E. They're mm-hmm. made in Australia. Uh, Rode NT-USB mic has just come out. It's compact. It is cute as a booger. Uh, <laughs> plus, it sounds great, and it's only $99. Oh, so nice. uh, check it out. We'll have the link in the show notes. Uh, Rode nt USB mic. All right. My pick of the week is something
0: I've probably picked before, but I'm going to pick it again because it's fresh in, uh, <laughs> in, in my life at the moment. Yeah. The Non-Designers Design Book. Uh, I give this to every parish secretary and every Dawson official that I see uh, because designing things well is tantamount to being able to communicate well. It's by Robin Williams. No, not that Robin Williams, but another one. And we'll put this link in the show notes. Uh, Jeff, we are so glad for all of our benefactors to join us in this way. All of those who pray for us. We're just so happy to have you as part of the CU family, aren't we?
2: heartfelt gratitude father the catholic underground is possible because of people just like you join the growing number of undergrounders at catholic slash donate plus an important way to support us is to like us heart us star us and share us on your social media platform of choice uh, and, and by the way yep. leave a review those yeah. little stars will add up there that's true
0: they do they do i, I like them stars All righty, if
2: you want uh, our podcast or any
0: of the show notes, you can go to CatholicUnderground.com, click the latest show, and you'll get all the show notes there. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress, at Kaylee626 <laughs> on Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen.
3: Anytime.
0: Also sitting in for Olivia, Gemma Wildsmith at GWildsmith on Instagram.
3: Yes, indeed.
0: She has a great Instagram channel. Uh, thank you, Gemma, for joining Aww, us.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. And we got uh, Jeff up there. Jeff Blackwell is our technical director at Jeff Blackwellis on the Instagram and the Twitter.
2: Uh, there you go. I'm absolutely a privileged father.
0: Yes, indeed. Our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes and his family. Our video and uh, graphics director is Ed Ball. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can find me on Instagram at Digital Catholic and on Twitter at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. for the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital. And we'll see you next time.